0: Sometimes, life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey, and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are, and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends, and we'll talk about all of that right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.
1: Life's journey is all about growth. And in order to grow, we must be willing to embrace change, transition forward, and become our authentic selves. But in order to become authentic, we must spend some time in the press. Staying in the press allows us to see those things, people, or situations that we must let go of in order to grow. Sometimes that growth is painful, but it is necessary to become who we were ultimately meant to become. The tiny seed knew that in order to grow, it needed to be dropped in dirt, covered with darkness, and struggle to reach the light. Sandra Kring said this. And today, on episode eight of the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we will talk with Lianne Nanette. She is a dynamic spiritual coach and she will share with us her journey and how she became the dynamic individual that she is and how she stayed in the press to reveal who she ultimately was destined to be. And we'll talk about all that right here on this episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Lianne Nanette is the founder of Ready Reset Grow, which is a faith-based professional coaching and consulting company currently based out of Houston, Texas. Ready Reset Growth specializes in assisting all women who are committed to transitioning themselves from why me to why not me by living and walking in their truth unapologetically through the Reset program. Liane believes that true transformation of the mind body, and soul starts with the desire to embrace every part of who we are as individuals, regardless of how unattractive that may be. Lyon says, your willingness to embrace what makes you establishes the needed foundation to walk in truth with a clear understanding of any unseen challenges. Ready, Reset, Grow offers personal growth and development workshops, one-on-one coaching, financial literacy education, and community-based resources. The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes Lianne Nanette to our show. Hello, gorgeous. How are you today?
2: Hello, beautiful. How are you? I'm great.
1: Doing wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And I just really appreciate it. And um, just having you here, I know we've been trying to sit down for a while And one of the first questions that I like to ask everyone on the Beautiful Butterfly Project is, outside of the bio that I just read, which is just phenomenal, just tell the reader, you know, and just the listener and just anyone who is just um, looking for some inspiration, exactly who Lianne Nanette is.
2: Well, great. I mean, thank you so much for reading that bio, but I am uh, one, a woman of faith. I'm a mother of two adult children, 24 and 19. I am a full-time uh, community case advocate with here in, in the county of Houston or the, the county of Harris County. And my passion, I think, is just making sure that women heal properly and walk in their truth. So um, that is who I am, whether it be lying with the girlfriends, giving encouragement, or just with me advocating and in, informing my clients on a regular basis. You know, everything mm-hmm. kind of intertwines itself. I love life, and you know, anybody that knows me knows that uh, you know growth is a major part of my life, just with my transition. So yeah, that's just me in a nutshell, kind of say
1: that's really awesome. you know, you and I have known each other for a little while now, and I have mm-hmm. a awesome you know pleasure of just seeing you just in the social media setting, and so. All of us have that one experience that shapes us, you know, unto who we are. And I know exactly what my shaping moment was, and it was very cathartic for me. What was that one moment for you as an individual?
2: You know, I think, honestly, it is just my journey in general, right? I think for me, even as a child growing up in foster, going through my adolescent years, and transitioning into being a team mom, all the way to this point has kind of um, shaped me for who I am, right? And that has been a journey in itself, regardless of how colorful that may be. Everything from from that particular time up until now has gotten me to be this woman that you know that I'm proud of, and, and the journey that I've traveled, you know. Uh, We all have our own set journeys, and um, regardless of what transpires along that way, it's how we come out of it that makes us who we are and keeps Mm -hmm. us grounded, if that makes sense.
1: It absolutely does make sense. You know, you talked about that you're a woman of faith, and and which is so important because that uh, serves as a guiding post for us, really. It does. And you mentioned something about being in um, foster, you know, foster care. I too spent some, you know, time in foster care. You know, for yeah. you know, for those that don't know that I, you know, I spent about a year when uh, we were living in Tallahassee, Florida, and that's definitely something that shapes you as an individual. It okay. does. And so, in life, you know, when we talk about that moment that shapes us and And just helps, you know, set us on a particular path in our journey. Did you have any one particular event that you remember the very day that started you down the path on your um, journey?
2: Yes, actually, I was um, I was living in New Haven at the time and I remember traveling with my daughter and we were just you know, she was in a stroller. She was fairly young. Uh, and I was walking down the street and, you know, I just remember always, you know, she, because I was a teenage mom, she was kind of like my go to person, even though she was younger. Uh, she was an infant. I would just talk to her and be like, you know what, one day mommy's going to do this and mommy's going to do that. And I remember walking down the street and I was like, you know, Caleb, something has to be better than this. We were going through so much turmoil. Mm. I moved out of my parents' home you know i come from a broken family my father left at 4 my mother struggled you know just to rob peter to pay paul mm-hmm. and going through foster and shelters and you know being on my own it was just life was chaotic and it was so dysfunctional and i remember just talking to her as i was pushing her in the stroller and i was like just something has to be better than this mm-hmm. and i you know i was completely honest. I was like, I don't know what it is. Mom has no idea what it is, but I know that life has to be better than what we're doing right now. And I remember waiting to cross the crosswalk because I'm from uh, New York City, well, the tri-state area. And uh, there was a lady that was alongside of us and she was waiting to cross as well. And, you know, we just struck up a conversation, why traffic? And she's just like, do you know who Jesus Christ is? And I was like, I couldn't tell you who he is. Where does he live? Wow. You know? And that was it. Was unfortunate because I grew up in a home where religion wasn't taught. You know, it was kind of like as long as you didn't join a cult, you know, that was fine. As long as you were a productive citizen and you didn't get into a lot of trouble, you know, religion was just like whatever you want it to be. And so it really wasn't grounded and it wasn't anchored. And you know, I wasn't embarrassed at the time to say I don't know who he is. Like, does he live around here? You know? And she invited me to. I guess it was like a revival meeting and uh, it was Shekinah Glory in New Haven, Connecticut. And I remember walking into the church and at that point it was like peace. Mm. Something about being there was so, and I don't know whether or not it was, I was missing the family component because my family is dysfunctional or was dysfunctional. We have now, you know, gotten a lot of things together, but it was just peace. And at that moment, my journey started, and I was at 19. Wow. And it was then I realized that um, my relationship with Jesus Christ is because there was a mother in the church, and I'm sitting there listening, and I'm so, you know, I don't know what I'm listening to. I don't know what I'm reading, you know, learning the books of the Bible. And she said, she was about 75, 80 years old. And she said, honey, the if the only thing that you take from this, this day is, If you follow Jesus Christ, you'll never go wrong. Like you won't fall when stuff happens in the church. And I got to know Christ before I got to know the church. So my journey to healing and to being this woman that I am today started at that moment. And that was one defining moment. I think my whole journey is shaped and stitched and woven into who I am now, but that is one of a pivotal moment for me, and it will always resonate with me, always.
1: You know, I love what you said about how you knew Christ before you knew the church, because all of our journey, it has one guiding post, and that one guiding post serves as a center for us to where every decision that we make, every move that we make in life is centered around that. And I know for me that me learning about Christ at an early age, too, has been a centering guidepost for me. And that has helped me tremendously yeah. in this walk, in this life. And I know you talk, you know, a little bit about the repairing of the relationship that you have with your family and with your mother. Yeah. What was that process like? Was it difficult or are you still managing that?
2: No, actually, uh, you know, by the grace of the good Lord, forgiveness starts with you. Mm. And it starts with placing your whys in the buckets that they need to go into. And I know that we talked briefly about that a while ago. But, you know, the relationship that I had with my mother was repaired by me understanding that Her demons are not my demons. And I remember just growing up that, you know, she was so angry all the time. And whether it be just with life or navigating relationships or raising five kids on her own, she was always angry. And I I remember just thinking, like, if I could take her, her issues away, maybe she would be happy. Maybe our lives would be different. And then we ended up in foster and going through shelters. But the pivotal point for me with my mother was forgiving her for not being there not because she did not want to be there it's just because she wasn't able to be there she had her own struggles and you know I have a book coming out called pack light a woman's truth moments the peace and war within but another book that I'm that I'm able to kind of work on simultaneously and finish is the hatred for a mother and wow. it goes through my journey of me not really understanding what she was going through and me taking on that and me being rebellious and hating myself and navigating all of that to finally getting to a place of true forgiveness and then repairing and starting from now because I can't go back and I can't be 12, I can't be 15, I can't be 19, but you know, when we started to repair it, I think I was maybe 37 and uh, it has been a challenge. But now at 43, you know, me and my mom talk often, you know, we text on a regular basis. That may seem to be minor, but that's huge because I could go years without talking to my mother, you know? So that journey has been a blessing. And I never thought that I would be at this moment where I can look at her and say, you did the best that you could with what you had. And I don't fault you for that. You know, I love mm-hmm. you. I wish things could have been different. But if things were different, I probably wouldn't be this woman. And I thank you for that. It's because she's a strong woman. I mean, the things that she's seen throughout her life and her her experiences and the stuff that she still battles in her, her late age is is crazy. But it puts everything into perspective of why she only gave us what she could. There was so
1: much packed into what you just said, because there are so many things that I identify with also. And one of the things that you said was that we cannot take away or cure anyone else's demons. That is Mm -hmm. something that they have to do for themselves. And because we can't take those away, and if we don't deal with those demons ourselves, then we end up passing those down to our own children. It is a generational curse. It is a generational curse. And the second thing that you said, that you would not be the woman that you are today Mm -hmm. if you were able to take her struggles away from her. You know, a lot of you know times we hear that our struggle is our strength. And through your writings, you know, you I mentioned a couple of books that you're working on. You know, the one that strikes me is one that you mentioned about the hatred for your mother. And that speaks to me, resonates about the relationships that daughters have with their mothers. You know, we always talk about the relationships that, you know, daughters and fathers have, but the most complicated relationship that I have ever experienced has been that of with my mother. And just like you said, I had to finally realize that my mom did the best that she could with the tools that she had.
2: Yes. And Mm -hmm. that
1: is just so amazing. It is. Miss Ms. Yeah, you are, you know, a coach, you are a mentor, you are an author, you are (laughs) all of those things. And that's just, you're, you know, you're just a great friend. You're a sister. But who do you say that you are first and foremost? And what is an affirmation or a mantra that you attribute to that person that you are?
2: Gosh, that's a great question. That's a powerful question. For me, my line of affirmation is just uh, making sure that I love myself and that I'm kind with my words within my seasons, that I'm mindful of my thoughts and what I put in my mind as far as what I'm reading, what I'm studying, my social circle. And for me, there's so many different platforms that got me to this point. It would take a long time to kind of lay them out. But the one platform that I would say that has anchored me and I, I use anchored a lot is, is because I was so adrift in my life. And um, so much dysfunction and chaos and Always being at that heightened level of chaotic dysfunction, where it's like emotionally and mentally tiring. So that's why I use anchor a lot with a lot of my parallels. But it would be studying and reading the word. Journaling is so therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. I think for me, getting those thoughts off my mind. I mean, I battled, you know, early on and for with depression and you know, suicide and. So journaling has been something that I go to making sure that my words get off, especially those words that could be weighing on you. They get off onto paper, and then I affirm myself constantly you know that I am an amazing woman that even though my season may not look like it, this too will pass if that helps answer your question.
1: It absolutely does because you know when we're in a situation and we just can't see to the other side, it just really helps for us to focus on that one word, that one affirmation Mm -hmm. to let us know that when you were talking with your daughter, when she was in the stroller and you were saying it has to get better than this, like this cannot be it. right? And that is so powerful because a lot of individuals struggle with that do you have a great influence in your life? Um, I
2: do. I mean, I know we talked about this, but my sister, Renee Palmer, she lives in Orlando and she is the mother of the family, even though going through our life, you know, uh, we've always been close. We've shared rooms together, clothes. I mean, I was always in her closet, but um, she is the mother of of the family. And, you know, she stepped in when my mother couldn't step in. And so I attribute a lot of my love for her because I always tell her she is, she carries the weight of the world on her shoulders and she worries about everybody in the family and tell her that stress will kill you. Stop worrying. But, you know, she is an amazing woman. She has a, a strength of forgiveness and an open heart. And I know that we spoke briefly about this before. My godmother, she, you know, she stepped in when my mother was not able to care for me. And, you know, she said, and how their relationship came about was so beautiful. And, um, it's all God within that. And she said, Hey, listen, I can't take all the other kids, but give me the baby. And at that time I was the baby and she pretty much, you know, raised me. And so she has been, gosh, the backbone, like she is an amazing woman. She taught me to keep my heart open just uh, selfless. And I, you know, I'm a natural servant and I get that from her because she's always serving someone she's always doing for someone else. And at times, you know, you know, as women, we do so much for other people that we forget about ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And I do. Those two women within my immediate family are the two powerful women. And my mom has now joined that team within our new relationship. But then I go back to, you know, my first lady and I, we talked about this before. Oh, yes. yes. Pastor Oliver's wife, Miss Miss O. But, uh, you know, I just think, you know, I just I love every aspect of everything that God has given me. And um, she's so vibrant and so carefree and so powerful. Even her personal journey um, of how she got to where she's at is, is amazing. And she's just um, she is most definitely a wow woman. So, you know, I'm a member of Elizabeth Baptist in Atlanta. Uh, Pastor Craig L. Oliver is a senior pastor there. And and I think ultimately they um, collectively, they make sure that we grow not only as women within the church, but within our own family. You know, so those three, four, four women. (laughs) Isn't that really just
1: amazing how we have women in our lives that mm-hmm. can make such an impact, yeah. but, you know, pop culture and the media will mm-hmm. have us think that, you know, we as women, especially, you know, Black or African-American women, yeah. that we can't find admiration and true general genuine admiration for one another without it being jealousy and spiteful. But it's so important to have those women around us because women can only teach other women how Mm to be women.
2: Yeah. And it could be anything. It could be just you learning how to do your hair or learning how to put on makeup or learning how to put something together or just learning how to love yourself and affirm yourself on a daily basis. Practice makes perfect and sitting in the company of women that are doing it that may not be excelling to their best capable level but they're doing it and I you know I always say you just got to start you have to start looking for those nuggets within your social circle because they're there
0: you yeah. don't have to
2: turn to social media or hollywood to find women that are are killing it on every level because I'm sure if you look you will find somebody within your community or within your church, or it could be your profession. It could be a, a, a group, a book group, you know, on a level that speaks to you to get you to where you need to be.
1: And that is so, so true. Mm-hmm. That is so true on a whole lot of levels. And and there's one nugget that you mentioned about just starting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, starting, And anything is always the hardest part. It is. So talk to the Butterfly Nation about Ready, Reset, Grow.
2: Wow. Okay. So, you know, Ready, Reset, Grow started as just a five-week women's biblical study. As I said, I, I journal so much just because it's therapeutic to me, not knowing how many books. And so if you're a woman out there and you are journaling, honey, you got maybe four or five books within those journals. That if you sit down, you can apply it, you know, to get your get your story out, to get your truth out. So it started as a five week women's, women's biblical study called the Reset, and uh, it wasn't until I actually got to Texas that Ready Reset Grow was, you know, established, like really kind of put into practice. I linked with two amazing women out here, Tiara Gilder. She is an amazing author out here. Her sister Marsha. And, you know, just dialoguing about where the Reset program was going. I knew uh, wholeheartedly the foundation of Ready Reset Grow. One, is a faith-based company. But two, I really wanted to help women grow personally, professionally, financially. So I did host workshops and, you know, empowerment seminars and, and stuff that is on a smaller scale. And Tiara was like, you need to take this to a different level. You know, like, what... You know, what's your title? What's your what's your company's name? What are you you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I just knew what I wanted to do. I've, as I said, I've always been a servant, and you know, giving women encouragement, empowerment, uh, resources within the community. I knew that that was the direction to go into for women that may be struggling as a single parent or just trying to navigate relationships or trying to position themselves with a better career, right? And so, you know, we went through the little dialogue and uh, she's like, well, you got to ready yourself. You have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so she's just writing down. She's such a a vision person Mm -hmm. and she wrote down ready. And then she said, okay, well, we already know that we have RESET and RESET is an acronym. And it's just the pillar of RESET, repositioning yourself, making sure that you encourage your own self, making sure you speak words of affirmation into you. You learn how to set healthy boundaries. You learn how to embrace the calling of God on your life. And then ultimately the transformation, the the grow period, is you're transforming into this person that you can be proud of. And so she, she, we already got that, that taken care of. She's like, and what happens when you take all of that combined? I said, hopefully you transform and you grow. And she wrote down grow. She said, what do you think about this? And she turned the napkin to me. And it. <laughs> Ready, reset, grow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, oh my God, I was blown away. Marshana, you know, her sister was just like, <laughs> oh my God, we have it. And, and she said, I want you to put this, you know, she, just want, she wants me to put it in my Bible. I put it in my Bible. I prayed over it. And everything from that point just started to unfold. And I'm here now. You know, I, I do coaching. I have clients. I do workshops. The COVID this year did not come to make us great but I host financial workshops through the financial reset. We still apply the reset curriculum to the financial pillar. I am a survivor of Dave Ramsey. So we kind of incorporate that, but I mean, it's free knowledge given to me and I pass it on uh, in a way where we can go ahead and take it and grow and become amazing. You know, it's all about
1: becoming amazing. You know, because it's great that you had such a visionary in your corner. Because the Book of Life says that we, you know, we write the vision and we make it Mm plain. Yes, and then it takes life. You know, and you know, and those that hear it, they will be able to run with it. And and so it was just so amazing that you had her in Mm -hmm. your corner. Would you say that Ready Reset Grow is your passion?
2: It is. I mean, I have a passion, and again, ready, reset, grow. We do personal and professional development, but we factor in the the financial. We believe mind, body, and spirit has to be in alignment. So we work on, you know, faith. We work on anchoring that. We work on, you know, personally healing the areas of your heart, and that is near and dear to me. You know, you cannot go into another chapter of your life carrying the same weight that you had five chapters ago. You have to let it go. Letting it go does not necessarily mean that it wasn't supposed to happen. It's just that you've decided with yourself to not allow that to weigh you down anymore and for Mm. you to move forward.
1: You have decided within yourself to mm-hmm. not let it weigh you down anymore, right. and you're ready to move forward. Yes. That's such an amazing philosophy. It's such a great program that you're helping individuals. You know, I'm a big fan of sharing information yes. in the area of financial literacy as well, you know, because that's also a generational curse It is. Yes that the lack of how money works and we pass that down from generation to generation and we're never able to move forward.
2: Right, and it's just a toxic relationship. I, I just think everybody needs to have a different relationship with money, especially if your relationship with money has not been great or has gotten you to the point where you're living free of worry and financial issues come but being ill prepared brings another stress being on you. So within the African American community, I think financial literacy is a game changer for us to build generational wealth. We have to have a different relationship with money and we have to be able to sit down with our children and teach them what we did not know. And that's getting the information for ourselves so we can pass it down to the generation that's coming. Behind
1: us. And it it's just like you said earlier it's a mind, body, and spirit. Yes. And all the relationships, they intertwine with one another. They the relationship we have with ourselves mm-hmm. dictate the type of relationships that we have with others and the types of relationships that we have with others. It's so intertwined with the relationship that we have with money. yeah And so it's just so amazing. Now, Miss Lan Nanette. <laughs> There are, <laughs> you know, a handful of questions that every person who comes on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, you know, that they are asked to answer.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> and you know, these are just questions to, you know, help us, you know, see who you really are. And so, <laughs> are single, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gentlemen, if you're listening to this now, she. Is everything now and, and, yes, and she ma'am. has high criteria and high standards, and so she doesn't take any mess, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but she is single. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Your questions, <laughs> and so if your personality were a color. Tell the audience what color your personality would be.
2: No, I'm magenta. I'm magenta all day.
1: Magenta, yes. Yes. I am magenta
2: all day. That's such a vibrant color. It is. It is so radiant. It's beautiful. So many different corners of that particular color just intertwine. It's beautiful. If you don't know about magenta, read up on magenta. It is most definitely a blessing. I love it. And what is your favorite word? My favorite word, sassy. <laughs> <laughs> sassy. Sassy. That's I mean, everybody's sassy. My my nieces are sassy. My nephews are sassy. It's just um, you know, and it's not the bad sassy, you know. I think we use words sometimes and they could be beneficial, they could be detrimental to whoever you're talking to. And uh sassy is very vibrant. It's livelihood, it's it's your it's your kickback. It's it's everything. So if you're sassy, you're killing it. Yeah, I love I love it. I love the word sassy. Yeah,
1: I like it too. <laughs> wow. Sassy. If you had one day left here on earth, what would you spend it doing?
2: Oh God. Um in the presence of my children. Everything that I do, everything, literally everything that I do, battling my own issues personally, making sure that I'm I'm a a better mom to them, a better friend to them. I would sit in their presence and just enjoy my last time with them. They are my reason why, the reason why I went from why me to why not me. So yeah, I would sit in their presence.
1: I love it. And are there any last words that you have for the Butterfly Nation? Any words of encouragement?
2: Yes, so, just be bold, walking your truth, regardless of how colorful that is, and um, how much hurt you've experienced along the way. Walk in it unapologetically, sassy, you know, truthful, and you'll find your way, you'll find your purpose when you find your purpose, you'll start living and you know healing starts that process of you finding your purpose and you and you living your calling and walking in your And your calling and excelling right there's a saying that i use at a ready reset grow and and it applied to myself first but it can be personally made it says it would be completely foolish of me to have survived everything that i've been through only to die at the hands of myself and Mm -hmm. for me wow you make that and you can write it down and put it on your mirror You know, I do affirmation with myself. You know, I I make sure that I speak kind words to myself at nighttime. I have this regiment that I kiss my shoulder. And, you know, I am my biggest cheerleader. I have to be. If you wait for someone else to be your cheerleader, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Get up and speak words of life and encouragement into yourself first. Yes, ma'am. Write it down. It would be completely foolish of you to have survived everything that you've been through only to die at the hands of yourself.
1: Wow. Oh my goodness. That is so powerful. You know, it just reminds us that we just have this one life. Yeah. And if we don't- One shot at it. One shot at it. And if you survive everything, for what I hear you say, only to die at the hands of yourself, then you have committed malpractice of life.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: And that's the tragedy in it.
2: It is. It is. You're worth it. You're worth every cry, every tear stained pillow, every heartbreak, every disappointment, every battle with abandonment and depression. You are worth it all. And at the end, you make the decision for yourself. You anchor your faith. You get connected, stay connected to girls, uh, women in, in the community or in your church or in your social circle that could be your accountability partner. And you take that and you and you live the best life possible because you only get one shot at this. Once you're gone, there's no do-overs. Mm. So regardless of how or what got you to where you're at right now, it's not the end. Your past is part of you, but it's not your future. Keep going. Girl, you're about to have me run around this room. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this
1: is amazing. So, you tell the beautiful butterfly project where can we find Miss Liane
2: Nanette <laughs> for with a single man? You can find me in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> yes, we're cutting up. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on social media. It's Lyann and Net on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I do not have a Twitter just yet. I'm still trying to navigate that. Ready, Reset, Grow on Facebook. You can follow um, follow me there, or you can you know request a friend request. If you're looking for coaching, whether it be you know you needing resources within your area, there's nothing that I can't tap into. So it doesn't matter if you're not in Houston. Uh, if you need resources for whatever it is, you can le- reach me at liannanette at gmail.com and make sure that you put in the subject line, the reset program um, and ask your question in the body of the email and I'll get back to you. The phone number, I'm going to go ahead and give you my contact information for Ready, Reset, Grow. It's area code 832-994-4365. You can reach out to me that way. I do coaching, financial, professional, and personal coaching, we can walk through some things and kind of get you on the pathway to a better you. So yeah, reach out. Send me some love. And um, you know, I do speaking engagements. So if you have young adolescent children or even uh, at risk teens or or women that you want to um, be encouraged and uh, kind of get the reset program going for them, you can reach out. Again, it's Lionthenet at gmail.com. Or you can reach me at 832-994-4365.
1: And in the words of Lyann Nanette, you need to contact her because you are worth it. Yes. The Beautiful Butterfly Project thanks you, gorgeous, for being on today. And my soul has just been the better for it. And I hope you come back and talk with us soon.
2: Yes, I'll be back.
1: And just remember... You know, Butterfly Nation, that we have our journeys and we have our stories and we tell those stories to give others the courage to share their own. And we'll have another guest and we'll talk about just that here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful, but most of all, inspiring. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at The Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email Projects at See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on The Beautiful Butterfly Project.